this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Tim Leon. Tim is a branded marketing communications expert at Gail Leon Marketing Communications. His recent conversations have been around ROE or return on empathy in marketing. Hello there, Tim and friends. Hey, Mitch. How are you? <laughs> so for those of you that are listening, you don't know, but if you're watching us live on Facebook, Tim has a dear friend with him. And yes. by dear, I mean D-E-E-R. <laughs> Looking back at him, it's getting closer. <laughs> He's like, I am your friend and I am watching and making sure that you shall behave on the podcast today, Tim. <laughs> I love it. So tell me, this is what, so we met through our buddy, Rochelle. Oh my gosh, Rochelle Brandvine, we love you. And um, and she was telling me about your this whole thing. Like I'm on this whole kindness thing. Then you're on this whole return on empathy thing. And oh my gosh, yay us for doing all of this. But let's talk about return on empathy. Absolutely, Mitch. Uh, we we really started uh, focusing some efforts um, around uh, this concept about a year ago. And it was driven uh, by a couple of things. I had written or I had read an article uh, about Pepsi. This probably was nine months ago, had engaged Ipsos research, uh, just trying to kind of gauge this right after the kind of pandemic was really at full (laughs) scale and just trying to kind of gauge some consumer mindset. And a couple of things that really struck me in the research, number one was that 94% of the respondents, and this was focused on the United States, believed that brands could, should increase and and incorporate more empathy into their marketing efforts. That that consumers, they wanted brands that really instilled hope, comfort, kindness into their marketing and into their branding. And partially because the world was blowing up, right? Right. They wanted brands that were empathetic to what they were going through. And that really, so for me as a marketer, I mean, obviously it's the right thing to do. But what I found more interesting about that was, is I sat in on a presentation and uh, the the presenter uh, cited an article in the Harvard Business Review guy named Ron, Ron Markey, I think was his name. And anyway, Markey had done some research. And what I thought was interesting, he had studied a number of brands. He called them customer loyalty-leading brands, compared them to brands in general. And the study kind of cited that brands that really did a nice job being empathetic garnered more loyalty. And that loyalty actually generated more revenue for them versus the peer group in their category. Go figure. So ROE, <laughs> you know, ROE, it's to me, that was return on empathy that you you should do it because it's the right thing to do, but it's probably also a good business decision. So that's kind of how that all snowballed. Well, and, and I love it. And I think it's so true. I mean, you know, it's amazing to me. In fact, I, I had, I won't name the company, but they are going under um, during COVID time. And I was trying to order something and it, it, no one would talk to me. The customer service was terrible. Um, 
I was like, did anybody get this order? I mean, you, 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 I paid you. <laughs> um, I got something saying that, you know, you, you, you did that. Are you sending it? You know, and this was a very big company. And I was even reaching out to the CEO on LinkedIn. I'm like, dude, what's up with your company? Like, can you yeah. send me my stuff or can I've, I've called like I, it was one of those things where you were on hold for three hours, you know, to get through to anybody and then they couldn't help you. And right. I was like, what in the world? How have you stayed in business this long? You know, and they did go under. It was, it was obvious. They did not know how to do customer service or help people or, you know, and right. I actually, they, they were a place that had online store and brick and mortar. And I finally visited the brick and mortar and the guy was like, I can't. I looked at him. I said, dude, come. You can. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you actually can do this. I know for sure you can do this. Just write a note to the higher ups and let them know. She was just a pain in the butt. Had to deal with her. Something. <laughs> right. Do something. <laughs> but it's amazing to me when, when brands, um, when, when they don't, when they're tone deaf, you know, so first, like they're just, you know, not paying attention to what's going on and just moving forward as if nothing has changed in the world. And you're like, eh, it's kind of changed. Absolutely. And, and a couple things that, that, that actually brings up is the one thing that has changed. And again, this was cited in some research that I recently looked at, but right consumers right now, the belief is when they, the experience you just gave that no news where the old saying is no news is good news. No news is bad news. So if you are not communicating to consumers, whether it's good or bad, consumers are assuming it's bad. And they're assu assuming that with all the uncertainty going on in the world, that something's going on with your company. So yeah. not to communicate is probably not a wise idea. Well, and especially when there's a million ways to communicate now. Correct. You know, I mean, if you have a Facebook page and I say something on your Facebook page, I'm expecting you, you know, if I message you, I'm expecting you to message me back. Right. And it's the other thing I'd say, it's not just words, but actions. So don't just say something to kind of put me off in, in a customer service realm, but tell me what, what you're going to do. Right, right. Okay, so let's get back to good customer service, return on empathy, all of that good stuff. Um, and and so you guys, I mean, I'm I am guessing you guys have been in business for what thirty something years? Correct, thirty one okay. years. So you totally, totally get customer service and what what you're supposed to be doing. Correct, and what I would say to that is probably because. We, we kind of consider the model here brand-driven marketing communications. So as you know, I mean, a brand is a, you know, externalizes and impacts every part of your business. Well, customer service being a big part of that, what we always tell our clients, Mitch, is that we can come up with the greatest brand positioning in the world, but internally, you got to get your employees behind it and believing in it because if yes. not... There, you know, if I'm in a role, I am delivering the brand message if I'm customer service. So we always tell people, uh, bad customer service can ruin all the work we've done to get 
a brand launch. So no kidding. And marketing has a tendency. I mean, I warn people sometimes, you know, marketing is going to uncover maybe some ugly things. Correct. You know, that's the marketing touches so much that, you know, there's been many times where we've been working with a company. I'm like, so this is going on. You know, like the, your marketing's great. That right. is spot on, but we, you know, what's happening with sales or what's up with your customer service, you know, if those aren't playing into all of this in a positive manner, like you said, all the marketing in the world is not going to help you to fix those things. Absolutely. I mean, a brand, what we always tell our clients is a really good brand position or message in the marketplace has to be ownable, has to be believable, has to be relevant. The believability really starts internally. I mean, your employees have to believe that's my job to deliver this brand experience. And when that disconnect happens, then, you know, you you really aren't, you aren't doing much good for your company, I would say. Well, and I think also the thing I see a lot is is companies that um, are not empowering the front line to make some decisions, which is a problem when you're on and they're like, oh, I have to go ask my manager and they're not here right now. And you're like, why, why hasn't the manager empowered you to be able to take care of this? You know, what does that say about the company? What, who are you hiring here? You know? Right, right. And I would say, again, not that it's not always been important, but now more than ever, again, consumers, they, they need answers. They want responses quickly because their, their life, is, I mean, they want some, uh, they want brands that can assure them, that can comfort them, that can. And when you hear that kind of a, a message that I'll have to check with somebody, that doesn't really <laughs> translate well, right? Exactly. And like I said, that's true all the time. But I would say in the last year, probably more than ever. And don't you love, though, that I feel like brands are now that may have been, you know, kind of sitting in the back going, oh, is it okay if I like really come out and talk about how I embrace diversity and, you know, like, like will that freak people out? I love that that's not, no, do that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, consumers have said time and time again, in, in a lot of the things, a lot of the research that I'm looking at is they want brands to be active on cultural issues, societal issues. They want you to have a point of view. And in the past, that's not always been, uh, the, you know, that's not what people subscribe to. But right. consumers are, they, they expect brands to have a response to things that, you know, happen in society or or happen, you know, around the world. They want brands that can respond and have a point of view. I love it. That gives me hope. Me too. Especially when the when consumers are, I I, I think most people are loving and kind. You know, but there's it takes one bad apple to make a whole heck of a mess for everybody. But you know, I think I think that. Most of us, if we are standing up and saying, you know, we're not going to put up with it, not going to put up with that. You know, no. like we, what we teach kids, like if there's a bully, everybody point your fingers at the bully and say, hey, no, not, not going to happen. Right. You know, we need to do the same. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, CMOs, uh, again, you know, if I'm a chief marketing officer, 
like, you know, going into 2021, my biggest one, you know, one of my biggest concerns or things I'm thinking about is with all that's happened, which consumer behaviors and attitudes are going to stick? Because my belief is, Mitch, when the pandemic's over, consumers are going to go, oh, I'm not going to care as much or I'm not going to, empathy's oh. not going to be important. Are you kidding me? It's no. going to be, it's, it's not going away. Exactly. So brands are, I think, Brands got to be flexible. They got to listen. And, and, you know, it's easier said than done, but it's easy to do, right? Technology today, tell me you can't go online and find out how my company's being viewed. How many five-star versus four-star reviews are there? Yeah, right. Not right. hard. So People are talking. But my hope is that I think I, it gives me hope too, because I think a lot of brands are taking it seriously that it, it's not just words. I got to put this into action and I have, my brand's got to stand for something. And I actually have to, I have to align with it. Yes. You know, I mean, it's, people are going to find out if you've been like, well, we're doing this just for business, but in the background, we're pulling all kinds of crazy stuff, right? It's like, you know, like do good, be good. Absolutely. In fact, that's, that's a great, uh, the alignment, um, Dentsu uh, comes out with a huge study every year, CMO, kind of what's going to be on their mind for the coming year. And one of the top three criteria was what CMOs are going to care about is how can my brand align with consumer perception and attitude as it exists today? So I think you're spot on. Love it. Love it. So I have some fun questions for you. You ready sure. for some fun questions? So one of, I was... Um, I was on your website and I loved how you were like, no, we're not French. We're Midwesterners. <laughs> well, we always know when the, it's a telemarketer, when they say Gaio Leon. Gaio Leon. Nope. We're in the Midwest. <laughs> exactly. We don't, we don't travel on Gravois. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I just thought that was fun. And I love when people do fun things like that on their website because it shows your personality and what have you. Yeah, and it does. And we, it doesn't make people, it doesn't make us look like we're correcting people. We're kind of having fun with it. And we always tell them it's a hard name to, it, it's a hard name to pronunciate if you don't know us. So we just try to get it out of the way right up front. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, well, and I would like to know for myself personally, as I look back at, you know, I stalked you a little bit. Why did you get a Bachelor of Science in Agricultural Economics? <laughs> That's a great question. I really <laughs> want to give you a really grandiose answer. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is my roommate, who was my best buddy, who I went to University of Missouri with, said, hey, I'm going to get an ag degree. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't know what I want to do, but Sounds like a great degree. Like I'm going to do one. the same thing. And then about halfway in, my, my parents reminded me that kind of why I was there was to kind of figure out, you know, where I was going to go in life. And my dad had was in the parts business. So I thought, well, maybe I ought to do some, some kind of a business focus. So I changed it to agricultural economics. <laughs> so that's how I got it. And uh, I tell you what, everything happens for a reason because – what it led me to is my senior year, I lived with three communications journalism majors. And I thought to myself, wow, this is really what I want to do. <laughs> I love the creative end. And 
course, my dad said, well, we're not going to let you stay. You know, you're on the four-year plan, <laughs> not the 10-year. But I was able to kind of leverage that ag degree into working for an agency that specialized in agriculture. There you go. So it all That's worked awesome. in the end. But yeah, it was kind of funny. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought it sounded... I was just wondering where it came from because I was like, I don't know. I met him and I'm not seeing it, but there, I don't know. I want to <laughs> no, know. There's really not. <laughs> okay. It was a roommate, which is great. Let, let, let's base, you know, I, li- I like the thinking. Yes. Well, I like the thinking. I, I, I will say in the 30 years we've been in business, we've always had an agricultural related client on the roster because we do like the So space. you can always say, see? Yeah, that's what I say. I say once <laughs> for once a year, I get to tell people I have an ag econ degree when we're pitching <laughs> agricultural business. I know all about this one. <laughs> Let me take the lead on it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. So one of the questions I'm asking everyone now that I'm all about the kindness, um, I mean, and well, I've always been all about the kindness, but now really bringing it out there. Have you witnessed or received or given, like talk about an act of kindness that, that has occurred recently in your world? Um, I would say this. Yes, I believe that there's more a sensitive, that people are thinking a little bit before saying. Um, and where I've noticed that the most, Mitch, is I'm in charge of new business development here at the agency. And you know, as a business owner, how hard it is to call people and try to establish a relationship on LinkedIn. Well, I would tell you that in the last 20 years, people can be pretty abrupt, like quit sending me stuff. You know, I'm not interested, you jerk. I would say I'm surprised at people that respond, that send me a note back and say, no, I'm not interested, but thank you where I would never get that before. And I would tell you, it's really rubbed off on me as a new business person. I get a lot of people that solicit us for business and I try to send a note to all of them. So that really has impacted me. Like, you know, it's a one or two sentences. Let people know you're not interested. I I love it. And to me, uh, Dan, my new business person who I work with, we both said to ourselves, you know, Having a note back, even if it's no thanks, is so much better than no note or a rude note. And I've just been seeing more of that in the business space, and I love it. Well, I completely agree, and I appreciate. It. I mean, I've I've actually always done that. Been like, hey, this, you know, thanks for letting me know about whatever you're doing, you know. But I'm I, I'm not interested um, because one, I think that helps you. You know, you if you're gonna if you're creating some sort of a database and you want to make sure you're getting in front of the right people, then I'm not the right person, you know, but, um, but as a marketer who, you know, we do outreach for our clients, you know, you get some of these really cranky people. Sometimes I'm like, I was not doing this to make you cranky. Right. Right. I was just to see if maybe you need the service, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to help you. And if you don't want my help, that's fine. You can just tell me you don't want it. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm, I'm on this crusade here to, Tell all of, you know to have all of us kind of do the same thing, and in a lot of what you talk about on your website, I think the civility that we show each other uh, can translate to online. But it's easier not to do it sometimes. So I love what you're talking about, and it really makes me think that 
it's really easy to do and hopefully we'll all do a little bit. And you feel better about it. Absolutely. You just feel better about it. And I think that there's something about, um, you know, I think people are, are accustomed to being confrontational sometimes about, you know, around certain things. And I've been in situations where like, I I know this person wants to be confrontational and I'm thinking, we're not going to be, conf- there's no reason. We're two human beings. Let's just talk about this. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know you smile <laughs> at them and you're like, okay, let's, let's take a deep breath. Okay. Let's start over. You know, yeah. I am this. Let's reset <laughs> and try this we, again. We don't have to be like this, you know. We don't have to walk away all steamy and mad, you know. We can yeah. walk away and be like, okay, well, you know. I mean, we're all in this together. I think we forget how connected we actually are. I agree. And you know what? Even though we're not as connected human to human right now, even more important, right? I mean, we're still connected. We're connected, man. <laughs> exactly. We still so. are, even though we're all hanging out in our own little places. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I agree with you. Well, Tim, tell everybody where they can learn more about you and your company. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, it's Guile Leon Marketing Communications, and it's uh, www.geile.com. So uh, appreciate you let me have a plug and uh, we're right here on the hill. So if you come down, I'll buy you lunch and or coffee. Eh? Or I'm going to take you up on that. You know, I'm not far from you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today, Tim. I completely love what you're doing and really appreciate your time. Feeling is mutual. Thank you very much. And for everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. We are all over the place on those podcast platforms out there. So please do find us and and share with friends and love you all. Have a great day.